podcast number 406, Mac Stock 2019. I'm here with uh, David Cohen on his laptop with his headsets recording a show. So if it sounds bad, it's all my fault. It's all your fault. I blame you 100%. <laughs> so I'm not used to recording with a headset. This is how you usually do, is it? This is it. This is the setup I normally use, yeah. I yeah. Obviously, we've got more than one plugged in. I've got an actual boom mic over my head when yeah. we're recording. And, I, you know, you send me your audio file, so I'm not recording you over wire or anything That's like right, that. Yeah. So it's the direct audio. Mine still sounds better because the microphone that I use yeah. is so much better. The problem problem with me is I, every week I'm not really sure where I'm going to be when right. we record. So yeah. I have to have a mobile setup. And I, yeah. I've started now having laptops kind of distributed around the place where I might be. So I've got something I can use where I need to configure it or drag something with me. So you're on, that's Bluetooth, I assume. This this was, this is, yeah, this is a, this is what I use for work for conference calls. And it is Bluetooth, but it's one of these ones where it comes with its own Bluetooth dongle. So it's, so here. your app is actually seen as a USB device. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Because, and this way, if you've ever used Bluetooth to record a podcast directly to your computer, it sounds pretty crappy. Yeah. But if you use these dongles that comes with this as a Jabra headset, um, first, firstly, there's no configuration. You just plug it in, and the Bluetooth connection right. establishes it. And yeah, the sound quality is an awful lot better than if you're going directly to the laptop. So, what I usually do when you send me your file and I drop it in a GarageBand, I turn down the trouble and I bring the boost up, and then I add some compression to it. Right. That helps a lot. Yeah. Otherwise, it, it these kind of mics generally sound a little tinny. Yeah. But for hey we literally plug it into your laptop and we're done we're ready to record exactly yeah and uh you know guys guy Searle is here with the my mac podcast and he's brought a far more intricate setup which is don't get me wrong is amazing he's got live stream to and this Facebook. is a pared down version of what he usually brings yeah. <laughs> uh you know he's got a he's got a um uh, an audio interface and and proper boom mics and um you know it looks and sounds really good but it's not nowhere near as possible as this i was traveling on the plane with this lot so i didn't want to have too much with me no you don't want to carry too much stuff no. and at yeah. the end of the day it's about the content it's not about the gear yeah or in our case it's not about the content either yeah <laughs> so it is um a little after two o'clock first day on uh at the max Doc expo well max Doc conference it's not much of an expo yeah um OWC is here. Mm-hmm. They've got a table set up behind us as we're recording. They do, with a whole load of uh, cool kit that people have been kind of examining in detail all morning. And tomorrow they're doing um, examples of, you know, installing RAM or, you know, SSDs, and uh, that ought to be pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's something I'm that, interested in that. Well, it's something that many people may not have seen live. They might have watched a YouTube video, but it's different having somebody in front of you doing oh, it and asking questions. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, of course, they gave us a whole bunch of toolkits to give away for the OWC MyMac um, quiz. Which we've just completed and was very, very entertaining. I think everyone had a good time. I uh, I had fun doing it. Yeah. It was a little bit, on purpose, low-key compared to last year. Yeah. Um, this is, I thought my, my joke at the beginning would go over better than it did. Here's my joke, people. Apple just announced a security bug found in Safari and Chrome's web browsers that are randomly airdropping private and incognito history data to random people in close proximity. <laughs> I thought that would be pretty funny. Yeah. I think I, some people thought about it for a minute and then laughed. <laughs> I, get I, it. I, said to, I said to Alexander last night when we arrived here in... Um, in Crystal Lake, I said you'll notice the white the Wi-Fi in the hotel slows down later in the evening. Yes, <laughs> and that's the reason for that. A lot of people are streaming video, and many people it's not Netflix. 
No, YouTube. It's YouTube. Um, I started watching last night in the hotel Netflix. It was um, about drilling and coring where the asteroid hit that killed off the dinosaurs down there in All right. Central America. And it was, it was pretty interesting. Yeah. Brooke was falling asleep, so I know she wasn't interested in it, but big surprise <laughs> there. Um, I, I, in fact, I have on my uh, iPad, I'm probably watch it on the on the flight home, is a um, Flat Earth documentary that they had on Netflix. Uh, I heard was uh, mm. interesting from a, a wacky point of view. That's, I just, I, I can't stand that level of, what is guy doing over there? He's going up to things that are clearly closed, and he's just pacing back and forth, looking around. Yeah, he looks like what, he's casing the joint, really. Are you casing the joint over there, Guy Searle? Are you casing the joint? He's pacing back and forth. Oh, yeah, he, he, he spilled soda all over himself. There's a bathroom when they have paper towel. Yeah. Uh, we're recording right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, you do it a little bit after that, though. So... Sloppy guy. He's, yeah, well, I can't really, I can't really. Um, I've never point, spilled anything over myself at it because I, <laughs> I managed to fill spill coffee all down my shirt on the plane the way over. Oh, did so you really? I, and that was early in the flight, so I had to sit there the it was whole flight with the coffee. Well, no, it was it, it, it didn't kind of soak through, but I had a big coffee streak right yeah. down here, yeah, right down the middle. Uh, and I, I had to then walk through the airport and then <laughs> go and hire the car and drive to the hotel looking like I was yeah. a tramp. Yeah. <laughs> so. The Face app is kind of uh, making its rounds here at MacStock. Yeah. The funny thing is, I was using this app a year ago. Brooke reminded me, she goes, we were using this a year ago. Why is this a thing now? It suddenly blew up. It, it extremely blew up. Yeah. And a lot of people are... I don't know if it's right or wrong, but concerned with privacy that this data is being shared with servers in Russia because right. the developers, who, by the way, don't live in Russia, mm-hmm. they live here in the U.S., I believe, yeah. uh, are Russian in, in origin. But it, this, I think I think some people are conflating this with, you know, the election scandal and, and hacking. Right. And, and generally, you know, when you think of Russia, you don't think of nice people uh, and also as well I, I'm, there's a reason sometimes people do host stuff overseas is that sure. their regulations are a little bit laxer Lax. and yep. and it's harder if if somebody um if you if somebody wants to accuse you of breaching a local regulation it's harder for them to get the data because russian the russian services may not cooperate in giving them information uh, i don't it doesn't underst- necessarily mean that there's something right. shady going on that's the problem i don't understand why this is let's say they are keeping the data what is the data your photos that's been aged artificially i don't understand why this would be any kind of a privacy issue unless you're sending nude photos or something so so let's I, hope that's I, not happening in the context of that i i read something recently about um amazon's uh, ring service amazon owns the ring doorbell right. um system and apparently they've been promoting yeah asking or signing contracts with local police departments right. to kind of promote the ring as a security solution and also giving the um, police departments access to local ring cameras um, data so that they can, if they're, if they're um, take, undertaking an investigation, they can request the data from the ring owners that, that they may have promoted these cameras to without having to go through a court order or a warrant or something like that. Because Find basically, out if that person's in yeah, the house. They, they can basically say, all right, if a crime happens in this area, we know who had a 
cam who has a ring camera and we can use the uh, app that ring have given them to kind of contact that people directly and ask for the footage which obviously removes a level of judicial oversight and right i think the concern is that um the privacy groups say that the problem with this sort of thing is not necessarily that it um in it it per self, each individual incident is a breach of privacy. The it's problem is cumulative effect. Yeah, data builds up over time, um, and that data can then be taken and used for other things, like, for instance, programming face recognition. And that might not be something you want your photos to be used for, particularly there's, if it biases face recognition towards people who look more like you. Well, there's been a um, an effort lately, and actually, some municipalities have actually banned facial recognition software. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't really want the government to know wherever I'm at just because they recognize my face. But then again, if I'm out in public... Well, I, I think we've got a slightly different perspective in the UK because we've had... You have cameras everywhere. We've had cameras everywhere for a long time. However, I think people will be less normalized to that if those cameras actually identified you wherever you went. Uh, yeah. and, and this is the difficulty is that once the face recognition tech starts being used, it starts being used beyond the extreme use cases we'd all support, which is identifying a terrorist or identifying somebody who might be on a watch list or identifying somebody who's escaped from prison or finding somebody who perhaps is, is known to have... Or someone that's been kidnapped. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And, and, and it becomes more general. Well, the police will use it all the time for everything and they then they always know where you are right. and they can then always, you know, anytime you get accused of anything, they can always start pulling in data that... Um, they have to try and construct a circumstantial case against you. I think that's what people are concerned about. Um, and so, so I have some sympathy for the idea of saying, well, let's always take a stand. Let's always put the proper procedures in place to stop that kind of creeping death effect where, right. in fact, cumulatively over time, everyone's privacy gets erased. I have some sympathy with that. I do too. Um, I just don't know if my concerns in that is going to outweigh the perceived benefits mm -hmm. that a lot of governments, not just Western, but worldwide are going to see in developing and putting this out there. Because it's not it's not unknown technology. I mean, Amazon stuff is really good. It is. There are, I think that, that's the other concern with facial tech is that... Um, it's, it's getting only, better and better. Yeah, it, it is. But it's only as good as the data it's fed. And there is some concern that there are some, um, you know, un... un catalogued biases built into the facial recognition for instance you know the because of the nature of data they often get fed on they um very often are better at identifying people of certain minorities than they are of perhaps the rest of us yeah um and that obviously then skews results and that sort of thing it's a complex issue <sighs> like everything i, isn't I think it? we should just do like three episodes on it and we'll have it licked okay fair enough yeah. you know and then we'll yeah. we'll submit those to the government and job done you know? yeah, yeah i don't i don't see the problem <laughs> so uh max stock is half overall of the half first day yeah um i i have to think that you have the same opinion i so far i liked chuck's topic the best yeah bad presentations mm, that yeah. was brilliant yeah it was funny it was informative while also being amusing right yeah. what not to do in your powerpoint or keynote and, and I think the, the, having seen a lot of bad PowerPoint myself <laughs> over the years, because, you know, I work in business, I see a lot of PowerPoint. Yeah. I know a lot of people who, there are, for a start, there are a lot of people who love PowerPoint because yeah. they find it very easy to use. Mm -hmm. 
and consequently they don't want to do anything else. People in my business, for instance, will issue full reports and things like that, and they want to do it all in PowerPoint. And you end up with these slides full of dense oh, yeah. information. And they're thinking, oh, well, nobody's ever going to present this. They're just going to read it on paper. Right. You know. Which is smart. I mean, if it's just meant for a, a printout, yeah. that's not really a problem. But the problem is, is sometimes wanna, people want to kill two birds with one stone. So they'll do the dense printout version, and then they'll go, right, well, I've got slides now, so I'll present that Ugh. to the client. And that's when you get to the thing. Yeah. The other thing as well is that PowerPoint is not a word processor, so no. it's not very good at doing the layout and the font checking and the uh, making sure that the content you produce looks good in the same way that yeah, we process does. The problem is, while a word processor will do that, the, it still comes down to the user. We've all seen, yeah. I don't care how sophisticated the tool is, if the person doing it is a dumbass, it's, it's going to come out bad yeah. no matter what. Yeah. Alexander, your son's playing a game right across from you. What? He's, uh, I think he's watching something that's amusing him. So oh. we just, um, you sent him away. I sent him away. Yeah. <laughs> not distracting at all. <laughs> well, I have somebody giggling right across the table from me. <laughs> no, not no, at all. That's fine. <laughs> I'm a professional. I can deal with it. So you brought your son, Alexander. I brought my daughter, Brooke. Yeah. Uh, we had a terrible breakfast this morning. <sighs> we we made poor choices. Yes. And I don't mind calling them out. The restaurant was called uh, the Burnt Toast. Yes. We probably should have figured it out from the yeah, name. Yeah. Just of the, the name alone probably yeah. was a. Hmm. I I didn't get the burnt-ish hash brown taste out of my mouth for a long time. Yeah. And I specifically ordered mine with no onions, the uh, yeah. the breakfast burrito, tacos. Yeah, the breakfast tacos. Well, yeah. when you think taco, you don't think of something that big. Each one was the size of a big burrito. It was, yeah. That's it was too much. It was really not a taco. It was a burrito. Right. And there was giant onions all through it. And I don't mind cooked onions, but I knew damn well this thing's going to have raw onions in it. I was right. Yeah. Slightly warm because of what it was in, but... And, and a hell of a lot of cheese. The way it's it was gooped on so much yeah. that that's all I could taste was this oily cheese. So we know where we're not going in the future. Yeah. Live and yeah, learn. it was not. It was, unfortunately, this is a difficulty when you come out somewhere like this where there's an awful lot of local places. That right. You, you know, so you you unless unless you know somebody who lives out here who knows the good places, you you choose somewhere you're taking potluck. And and, and you're choosing it based on a name or. Yeah. Well, this is a mile and a half down the road. <laughs> Although this one was, what, 14 miles away? 13, 8? Yeah, something we, like that. I don't remember. It was like 15-minute drive. We definitely didn't We definitely didn't make a good, good choice. But, you but know the what? thing is, the Yelp reviews were good. Yeah. So, I mean, what do you go by? You really want to find someone local and go, hey, if I just gave you 20 bucks right now and to go out and have breakfast, where are you going to go? Well, talking to somebody in person is always better than reading on Yelp. You never yeah. know in Yelp whether it's people who have uh, kind of, you know, it up because they know the owner or, or they work there or, yeah, yeah yeah or they uh, you know they had a good date there once or something like that rather right. than the conflating um, the good memory to the good yeah, food exactly. which are two different things yeah exactly uh, and also some people have different tastes so yeah you know that's the other problem with yelp reviews and things like that is some people just they like a different type of food to you and and uh, i sent i sent some pictures to my wife uh, over in the uk and she she said that food all looks very brown She's getting her out. She right. didn't it, it think wasn't. that that looked like healthy choices. <laughs> uh, well, what you and Alexander got was well, yeah, it's, it's not too unhealthy. Mine, mine was a, a vegetable omelet. Mine was actually the the omelet itself was okay, but the uh, the hash browns were burnt. burnt. Yeah. yeah, and that's all I could taste when we left. Yeah, I didn't even hardly even touch the second taco. Yeah, 
chorizo is what I've got in mind, but I couldn't even taste chorizo. All I could taste is this oily cheese and the giant onions. Yeah. I hate that. And Alexander's not... He's not got the world's most sophisticated palate. He piled through a great big thing of French toast this morning, which he enjoyed, but he also ordered some um, hash browns, and uh, his was also smothered in too much cheese, and he said to me afterwards, said that the hash browns were burnt. So, yeah. You know, common Burnt thing there. It wasn't just one plate that was bad. Yeah, they didn't just burn the toast. They burned yeah. everything. <laughs> so we got to figure out something better for tomorrow. So we've got another day and a half here. When yep. do you fly out? Monday? No, we're going back Tuesday night. because oh, so I thought day on Monday. I thought because Alexander was here, we'd take the opportunity to go and spend a couple of days in downtown Chicago. It's worth it. Yeah, so we're going to stay up here in Crystal Lake tomorrow night. And then Monday morning, we're going to drive down to uh, a hotel at the airport. And we're going to stay there, and that means we can get on the L from there and get into downtown nice and easy. My oldest um, lives and works in Chicago. Right. She texted me wanting us, Brooke and I, to stop by her work on the way back tomorrow. Yeah. But it's going to add an hour to my drive, which I really don't want to do. But I know Rachel really would like us to stop by, so we yeah. probably will. Oh, yeah. It's family. kind of have so to do you, that. Yeah. yeah. Damn it. <laughs> We had this kid. Maybe what you need to, to say is uh, well, perhaps she, she could uh, come out and meet well, she, someone. She, she came out here last year to right. MacStock, her and her boyfriend, Michael. And in fact, we had him on Tech Fan last year. Right. Um, talking about video games or something. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we went and had a dinner afterwards. And, you know, it was a good time. Mm -hmm. So, I, yeah, it's probably fair for me to go down and see where she works. And I don't yeah. She really wants her dad to see it. And, get my get my approval yeah you know? so i will probably do it and um but if we go there and then we go home from there it's going to take us through downtown chicago which adds it's it's going to be a sunday night so it's not like it's going to be super bad yeah but that takes us up over the bridge which brooks never gone over and so you know chicago doesn't hold any mysteries for me i, I worked yeah. here for many years yeah but you know for brooke it's kind of a big thing but see i brooke i took brooke with me Back in, I'm going to say 2011, right? when I was working at Max Specialist. And, you know, we stayed in a hotel. She had a good time. Uh, we went out to a couple different restaurants. We went up to, at the time, it was called Sears Tower, I think, or it might have been Willis Tower at the time. Yeah. Where you can walk out on the plastic, yeah. whatever, and you're, you're 100 Sus stories in yeah, the air. Yeah, suspended over the street. It's kind of neat, but, you know, my legs doesn't didn't want to step on it. Like, no. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know... It, that, that was a long time ago for her. She probably doesn't remember much of it. No. She remembers getting sick in the car right before we got here. Right. Yeah. Orange, I remember that very well. Those are the things that stick with you. It's, it's things like, it's funny, it's funny the things that stick in your head, you know. Yeah, I. that's what she remembered. I yeah. forgot all about it. Yeah. But then once I remember, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I remember that. Uh -huh. So tech-wise, what are we recording in here, David? So I'm using, um, I've got a 13-inch MacBook Pro Retina, and I've got audio hijack running, and I have a USB hub plugged in with three uh, USB headsets, the wireless one that I'm on, and then two um, kind of cheapo Sennheiser and Jabra ones. Uh, and then um, I've configured audio hijack so that each input, each microphone, is recording to its own channel. So each one's got its own mono channel, and then I'm actually 
funneling all three of those recordings as well to another recorder that's actually saving them all in, uh, combined. So I've got a reference track. So you have three. It's, it, this is producing three separate files. Four. It's producing one for each input and then a joint one that's actually got them all compiled But we've together. only got two inputs. Yeah. Um, so the, the third one's just sitting there recording and I'll just not use that one because Oh, okay, I got yeah. you. I just use the combined one as a reference track so I can line up the other two. Right. Um, when I'm putting it together in GarageBand or Logic, whichever I decide to do. So So you can tweak each individual track if needed. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you always, when you're podcasting, you always ideally want each uh, speaker on a separate track so you can make adjustments individually. Correct. Uh, and also you can shuffle things around. If you, if you edit and everything is, for instance, suppose we were talking all over each other like we normally do because mm-hmm. we're on Skype. Yeah, uh, because, because we're, I, I can't see when you're about exactly. To start. Yeah. yeah, and here we can see the visual cues. We know when each one's going to speak, and when, right. so we're not doing it. Well, when you're trying to, if you're trying to fix that in GarageBand, um, and you want to edit it out and stretch it out so the people aren't aren't talking over over each other, it's much easier to do that if each person's on the individual track right. rather than having the whole thing combined together. Because then you can't break apart the individual voices. Well, like I said at the beginning of the show, I edit your audio not for content but for clarity yeah because for whatever reason it's a little hissy sometimes mm-hmm. not that you're being hissy i mean the, the audio quality <laughs> and i boost up the um compression so the voices the sound output is close to what mine is because yeah. mine's a, a more of a high quality microphone yeah because it's an xle and it's on a boom mic and you're using a headset so yeah. i mean you've got those are two separate inputs that really don't line up well no you know one's going to sound much better than the other so i sound more bassy with a fuller sound and yours don't so in software i have to go into and try to tweak it enough where it doesn't sound robotic you know it's it's, i want it to still sound like you because i could really change it make you sound like a you know chipmunk if i wanted to hey baby (laughs) this tech fan i'm david (laughs) Yeah, you can give me that whole Barry White vibe. If you That's right, yeah. yeah. I don't know if that comes through on a headset or not, though. <laughs> I could do it on the real mic. Yeah. But no, it's yeah. been a good show so far. I see a, yeah. a, a lot of the same people. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the fifth year, and yep. for those who've been here every year, Mike gave this nice little ceramic pin. This is Mac Stock 5. Uh-huh. I've got one yeah. on my chest. This is your second year here at Mac Stock, right? Is it second or is it I think third? it's your second I thought I'd been here. I'm pre- no, I'm pretty sure this is my third. So I you think, weren't here for the first one. Uh, no, the set. I was here for the second one, and then I came the following year as a speaker. That's right. And then yes. I missed a year, yep. which was last year, year and then this is my third. Because yeah. I remember at the end of the, your first show, you said you think you'd do a, a speaking gig. Yeah. In fact, at that point, you even knew what it was kind of going to be about. Yeah. The microcomputers, if you will. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what you did. Yeah. Um, the, the the theme that's kind of tying this all together is I think it's creativity. Was that what it was? Yeah. Uh, Mike's opening thing with his parents giving him a camera, and a nice quality camera when he was young, really kind of laid the groundwork for what he's doing now. Um, you know, my daughter, Brooke, she's way into music. She's on a Chromebook here. Yeah. And she's literally making music as we're sitting here. She's editing her own stuff and cleaning it up and adding a track this. And yeah. She, she's very involved. And so she's a perfect example of how the technology is fueling, or at the very least, helping that creativity. Yeah. But some of them are just, you know, 
you could do this in, in notes. I don't know what that really has to do with creativity. Yeah, I, it's... I wish they had more of a submit your ideas for a talk, and yeah. I'm going to take the best ones, regardless of what the overall thing, yeah. theme is for the show. Um, in which case, I would love to have seen, because you submitted one, but it wasn't creativity, so yeah. he didn't pick it. Whereas I think they could have maybe not just done creativity, make just a really good conference that's going to have a broad range of subjects. It's going to be much more appealing and yeah. possibly drawing other people to the show. Um, I like Max Stack a lot. They need to work on promoting the show. I think so. I think it needs to be. Um, I think. I think you're right. The broader appeal is is important. Mm -hmm. I think it. Um, I mean, one thing that there's a lot of people who've been involved in the Mac community for a long time, in user groups and that sort of thing. And I think it would be good to try and reinfuse the kind of the user group style ETH because it's it's like a very big user group show. That's what it yeah? is now. Um, It'd be good to bring that ethos to younger people because then they will take that back to their own communities uh, and their own circle of friends and kind yeah. of bring that along. Because I think this is capitalizing on a lot of the, the kind of the 80s and 90s user group feels. And, yes, um, but the problem with that, though, David, is the people that are up on the stage are people of your age, my age, or older. Yeah. What they need is to do is have some of the younger people out exactly. there that are doing stuff with the technology that we haven't even thought of. Yeah. And bring that audience in as well. Yeah. And and also, you know, technology nowadays is a much broader church than it used to be. And oh, it would yeah. be good to see that reflected. I'd, it'd be good to see people doing stuff with, um, you know, talking about, I'd, I'd love to see a talk about how you, um, how you make videos with drones. Yeah. Because, you know, that's a really big thing now. And, yeah. it, and again, it's one of those things that's a real skill. It's not the sort of thing that you can... You, you just can, don't fly it up in the air and record yeah. some footage. Well, anybody can do that. And you I have. have. I have yeah. done that, yeah. But I found it's really hard to produce something that's good and watchable from that footage right. unless you know what you're doing. Even if you have the same equipment... It exactly. The important thing now is the barrier to entry is much lower than it used to be, yeah. but the requirement for skill, taste, a little bit of technique, and you know, just limited stuff just to try and take it above the snapshot level is is still there, and and people need help with that. You it's watch not... a uh, a reality TV show nowadays, and you go, oh, that's a drone shot. Yeah. Sometimes you even see the drone's reflection in the grass yeah. or something like that. Ah, it's a drone shot, which isn't a bad thing. I was but, I was think um, I was think if you watch uh, something a show that you and I are both fans of is Top Gear yeah uh, and also the Grand Tour which is the one they yeah. went off to do they and also really the current into it. yeah the current BBC Top Gear now has new hosts is still yeah. really good um, well the new one hasn't started yet has it uh, they the yeah they started a, they they just did a short run of about five or six episodes recently uh, of Top Gear. So hmm. a completely new set of hosts. They don't have Matt LeBlanc on there anymore. I didn't realize they had started yet. Yeah, I'll have to. Uh, I'll send some links to it. Anyway, the, the the point I would make from that is that if you look at how they shoot the cars when they're doing the track shots and everything like that, they have a certain Hold style. On, I, get, I have to do something. <laughs> I'm gonna use Siri for a second. <laughs> Remind me Monday afternoon to look for the new Top Gear. Okay. There we okay. go. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's why I like Siri. That's a serious skill right there. Right yeah. there. And it'll pop up on my Mac. So, because yeah. I will f completely forget about it. And this exactly. will pop up and I'll be like, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Mm -hmm. The new one started. Yeah. But the, the point I was trying to make was that the technology to do that sort of filming is now available to anybody. 
It's yeah. consumer grade stuff. Exactly. Almost. You know, and you could reproduce that look, but to, to actually make it look as good as they do it, you need the techniques and the skill. And it's not just the equipment. Right. And let's yeah. be honest, the content itself kind yeah. of helps. Yeah. You know, you can make it look as great as possible, but if you're just flying it underneath a table umbrella and then up in the sky, no one cares. Yeah. When it's a car, you know, spinning out and going around a corner really fast and yeah. that sort of thing. You know, so it's it's got to be more than just the technique. It yeah. kind of goes back to what we were saying. Guy Cyril's got great equipment over there. Blows what we've got as far as microphones and all the wires and all that. Blows it away. Yeah. But it's about the content. If he's not recording anything, and we are, yeah. it just sounds better just by default. That's right, yeah. Now, thankfully, Guy creates really good content. Yeah. Content. So I'm not worried about that, but a lot of people don't. No. And they spend too much time on the minutia of how to do it rather than well, why. Why, why are you doing do, it? Yeah. If you don't have anything to say, if you don't have anything to video, yeah. if there isn't a point to your shot, nobody wants to watch it. Yeah, and, and there is a, and particularly with video, I think there's an element, element of planning and thinking about the story you want to tell with the images rather than just going out and capturing some footage and then thinking, I'll try and assemble this into something easier, interesting later. That being said, though, one of my favorite things on YouTube is uh, playlists in 4K, mm -hmm. which I can watch on my screen at home. Yeah. Uh, of, like, flybys. Uh, drone flybys, so they're slow, panning shots mm -hmm. of, like, the Grand Canyon, New York's uh, um, Times Square, London, where it's just this drone looking straight down and it's just flying over. Yeah. I, there's a couple of them out there in 4K that a drone is flying through fireworks as they're exploding. Yeah. I like those. I like putting those on kind of a loop and just mm -hmm. almost using it as a screensaver. Yeah. So I'm not going to sit there and watch the same, you know, two-minute loop of someone going over Times Square. I, I guess the difference now with the consumer-grade tech is that uh, anybody can shoot any place, whereas I think when you see produced, te uh, produced yeah. media, it's always the same shots. It's always the same yes. um, locations because those are the ones that the media know work best for what they want to show. And also they use them, you, know, you, you see the establishing shots in any TV show, they use them as a shortcut to just basically tell the viewer, this is where we are. This is what's going and, on. Uh, that's smart. Yeah. Well, that, that's fine for that sort of content, but right. it's not necessarily interesting because if you don't want to see that same shot of that same corner right. in Chicago or, you know, that same... Yeah. Uh, precinct in New York or whatever it is you want to sometimes you want to see well, what's the real place like what would it be like if I was there floating 500 feet over the city looking straight down what yeah. would I see and and drone technology lets you do that and also people can go and create that, that those shots so it, it gives you a different perspective on places even that you see every day yeah you know how many people listen to the show knows exactly what the top of their house looks like from you know 200 feet in the air I've, I've done that it was amazing to take um, take my uh, my drone not far from where I live uh, and uh, and just just you know see the whole area from from That's a cool. couple hundred feet up it give, it does give you the, something about the I think you build a mental map of the geography of where you live yeah. or anywhere you're familiar and that mental map doesn't necessarily jive with reality it jives with your reality and then when you see it from a different view all of a sudden you see it a different way you, you can realize that things you thought are far away from each other actually yeah, right around the corner from each other right. sometimes you can say oh well, you know what I could go that way and I'd be there in two minutes yeah, and if I just built this thing behind my house I can yeah. just jump over there and I'm there I always remember that as a kid um, there was uh, when we were in Florida there was a there was a, a, a kind of a little shopping center that if you went from 
my house in Florida, you drove there, it was like a 15-minute drive. Yep. It seemed like a long way away. Yeah. And it, well, it was a long way away. It's 15 minutes in the car right. at 45 miles an hour is a long way. Yeah. We found a route going kind of going through the backwoods and you know we, we took went into a housing estate and then we we kind of went across a, across a, a little bit of forest land and then down this old fire road and then we turned that in this place and we could get there on our bikes in five ten minutes right yeah than the car. And we well we thought we would never be able to go there on under, under our own steam we thought we'd always have to be driven there in the car right. all of a sudden we found we could go there whenever we wanted and it, it was like you know it was like it was like teleportation, you yeah, know, it was, it was very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just because we were taking the sort of route you can't take if and you're in the car because you have to follow the, the roads that go all the way around, you know. Yeah. And way out of the way from where you want the destination to be. Exactly. It's yeah. the same thing coming here to Chicago for me. A straight shot from here to my house would probably take two hours. But yeah. because of where we are here and I got to go south of the lake, it's three and a half hours. Yeah. You know, the direct route, as a crow flies, as they say, is always going to be much easier. But that drone technology or just changing your perspective does exactly that. It changes your perspective. You know, we're sitting here and we think, how far away is our hotel? If we can send a drone up, we can see that, actually, we're not very far away. It's the stupid traffic that slows us down. We need our flying cars. I I would settle. I'd settle for one. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully Toyota makes them. You look at, you look at kind of that drone tech those quadcopters and you think yeah. well surely it wouldn't be that hard to scale it up to somebody that it's not that hard carry, carry a person it, it's not difficult technology at all we yeah. have that technology there it's the stupidity of the user yeah if you think it's bad getting a fender bender imagine coming out of the sky and crashing into someone's house or a school you know that's the kind of thing that is going to prevent us from ever having flying cars yeah. until the collective intelligence of us gets higher either that or you know, the self-driving tech is there, so you basically you have no control. Well, that might be good, too. Would you be willing to take a self-flying mini-copter, if you will, a drone from point A to enough. point B? Yeah. Well, what's reliable enough? <laughs> Only one in a thousand crash? That's the thing. I don't know. It's, and it's not the crash that gets you. It's a sudden stop yeah, to the no, crash. You need to have the thing where it kind of fills... The, the thing with foam just before you hit right yeah you know demolition man <laughs> exactly just, just, they gotta chip you out of it and you can't move that's that's right yeah i don't know why we don't have that yet <laughs> it seems like a bit of a no-brainer really doesn't it? I, well when you think about how it worked in the movie it's it hardens up but yeah not right away so you're kind of in gel for a second during the actual impact exactly. and then it hardens up to keep you in place yeah. but why does it keep why do you need to be kept in place? Shouldn't it just stay as a loose <laughs> gel? That's right. And then you slide out of it. Right, because if you did, I don't know, break your arm in the crash, now you're in this hard, plasticky, foamy stuff that they got to break uh, out. Maybe if it stays as a gel, you might drown in it. That's why. I don't know. If you made it oxygenated enough, you can breathe a liquid. Yeah. Most people don't realize that. In super, super deep diving, they've explored that. Uh, that was in some movie. Not it was The Abyss. The Abyss. Yeah. They've actually explored that technology, and they found that it's actually viable. Um, but people feel like they're drowning at first. You don't want to trust it because it's a liquid. And your body's like, no, I can't breathe a liquid. But you can because it's so oxygenated. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's something like that. That's the the gel that shoots out of. But it, to be able to fill that much space, it has to come out so fast. And if it's coming out that so fast. Yeah. And then how much how much weight is that liquid adding to a car? I I guess um, that's part of the problem. It's not as simple as we think it is. Right. I know. I mean, where's you it can kept? Get, 
Yeah, you can be hurt by an airbag. I mean, what people oh, sure. are seriously that's, hurt by That's actually airbags, the yeah. seatbelts and the airbags cause more minor injuries than anything else. Yeah. Um, you know, just anything that hits your body or stays on your body a long time. Like, I knew someone this morning that had these lines, like, right here on their face. <laughs> it was like an hour. I didn't say anything, but it was kind of weird looking. Yeah, that's my that's my puffy face that's and tight right. straps. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, a very early start this it morning. It was very early. <laughs> um, but... So the gel would be a great idea, except where's all that gel stored in the car until it's needed? And if it's going to fill that whole cabin, how many gallons or liters would that be? A yeah, well, the, I lot. think the foam, the idea is two it chemicals expands, mixed. It's a and, gas. Yeah, yeah, I get it. But even still, where do you put that much of these different chemicals, and how is it mixing that fast to fill that much space in literally a, a split second? Well, if it works in the movie, I mean, that's like a documentary anyway. Yeah, so. Wesley Snipes. It must be, it must no, be invented. It was, uh, wasn't Wesley Snipes, so it, it was Sylvester, Sylvester Sloan, Sloan in did Demolition Man. It, it well, was, it was Wesley, Snipes. Wesley Snipes. No, but was, I'm wondering in the crash, it was Sylvester Stallone in the yeah. crash. Yeah. Or was it Wesley Snipes? I think it was Sylvester Stallone. Because he's busting out of it, and he was like, what the hell is this? Yeah. And Sandra Bullock's like, it's safety foam or something like that. Um, I need to watch that movie again. It's really bad. It did not age well. And everything's Taco it didn't Bell. Age well which about actually, three weeks after its release. Actually, with every restaurant being Taco Bell, it's not too far off, to be honest. <laughs> I would have taken Taco Bell over the burnt toast today, so I don't know what there that means. There you go, yeah. Um, but yeah, getting back to Mac stock, there's going to be some more speakers. Uh, mm-hmm. I haven't even gone through the schedule, so I don't even know what they are. Uh, I no, plan on... the, the, the kind of setup is you get kind of a full morning of, of talks and then there's more deep dive stuff on the same yeah the breakout the sessions and so they got the same uh set up for tomorrow so it's another full day tomorrow allison sheridan did a kind of choose your own adventure keynote yeah and she said if you guys want to find out how this works i already know how it works it's kind of obvious um and i thought it was kind of cool but the problem is if you accidentally click the wrong button it completely she couldn't go it. backwards yeah you so, know what i was watching that thinking that would have worked better in hypercard well, you know, I, yes, and you already have you have five branches, right? You only make the choice one time. Yeah. So why why couldn't you go backwards? Because you just have from this one is this is the next slide. This is the next slide. This is the next slide. Oh well, it's not a relational database. So I guess that wouldn't work, would it? See, you could do that in FileMaker Pro. Yeah. Because you just have technically when you think of presentations, it would be five different presentations glued together from the front page. So the moment you make a choice, it's literally loading that presentation. Yeah, and and you could have done, if, even if all five presentations were something like Keynote, you could have done that using um, Automator or something like that. Right, that start. just automatically. Yeah. And then you just, yeah, you have the pictures and you click on it and then it jumps to the right. correct session of Keynote and runs it through and then you can have the full back and forth. And, exactly. Yeah. And, I, and my brain thinks of a relational database like FileMaker Pro because that's what I used to do. Yeah. That if you click this, it literally it looks like it's in the same container because it is, yeah. but it's literally loading data from a distant, a different database. So you can go forward, back, it doesn't matter, and you can still have a button on each one of those pages to click to get you back to the main menu yeah. and make another selection and go that route. But I think a lot of people have forgotten that FileMaker Pro exists and how it works. And I tell you, you can do, you could build your own, build your own adventure. That would be much more robust with a relational database. You can have it loading media and all kinds of stuff. You can have it going to websites. Um, it would actually be a better presentation tool for what she did than yeah. 
Yeah. Keynote. But you can only do these things in kind of what you know. And if True. you don't know, it, it, particularly if you have to create a project for a particular task that might have a deadline on it, like something like this does, to learn a new system, to right. be able to do that, is, is people are always more inclined to go, well, I'm going to try and adapt what the, th the tools I know. I to probably would have went the route that you did. You have a one-slide keynote that, depending on what you click, launches the automator yeah launches that one brings it full screen and starts to play it yeah that would have been the easiest yeah. way of doing it but just in the same way that i was saying to you after the siri presentation this morning i didn't know siri could do half of those things right um it's a case of just having the somebody explain to you what the capabilities and the possibilities are and then you can try to explore them and see whether it's well in in keynote you can have an action that takes you to a certain slide yeah and that's all she was doing yeah but the problem is once she gets to that slide she has to go chronologically yeah and uh it was interesting mm -hmm. but i think there was better ways of doing it that if you told her why don't you use automator have one page that was just the selection you click that it launches this action which launches this one brings a full screen and starts playing it automatically this isn't that's a really simple thing for a computer to yeah. do um and then you have full forward and backwards functionality yeah and you can have different slides in there that does exactly the same thing it yeah. just simply opens this one now and you have full forward and backwards functionality well up to the point where you launch that database because that's if, right you can't go beyond that the other way you could do it is Imagine if you did that, but you had these slides on the server somewhere, maybe up on a, a worldwide network, and then when you clicked on a link, it went to the next. So you'd have there. like this. It's it's like a web. A web, of. yeah. That, you know, webs are, would be a very good descriptive yeah. term for it, yeah. yeah. And then you could use um. Well, like, I guess you, clicking on the thing would be a link, but but, but more than a link, kind of a, what's almost this, a what's hyperlink. The, yeah, that's good too. But <laughs> you kind of need a container to browse this information yeah, in. Yeah, browse, browse. browse. Yeah, that's a good word. That's uh, a good descriptive word. That yeah. might work. Like, we some might be onto something. Dedicated program. You should write this down. <laughs> so Let me fire up notes. <laughs> we, we might come back and record some more of this uh, podcast. How far are we into it? How long? We are 40 minutes in. 40 minutes. Oh, we might just call this an episode. We'll see. Maybe yeah. we'll get inspired and record some more. But yeah. either way, if this is it, I'll see you next week, David. Yep. Uh, if this is not it, I'll see you in a few minutes on the show. <laughs> See you then. And we're back at the uh, Max Dot Conference. I'm actually uh, David Cohen. David's right over here to I'm my here. right. Yep. Um, recording. I don't know what it is. I get this gassy thing every time I start recording. <laughs> the hell. Um, I actually have the Facebook Live going. Nobody's watching, but that's okay. It's recorded for yeah, ever. Posterity. So we are recording. Uh, the rest of Tech Fan Podcast number, I don't even know. Doesn't matter. Something. Yeah. Is it 400? Yeah, yeah 400, 400 something. So it is day two at the Macrostock Expo, and it's been a good show. I've enjoyed yeah. it. There you are. Not fun. It's <laughs> on my Facebook. Um, yeah, this is your first time on my Facebook. It isn't, yeah. I should have probably turned it sideways before I started recording, yeah. but the thing is, when you do it in this aspect... Um, yeah, tag Tim Robertson. What's it doing? Um, if someone's watching it on a mobile device, mm -hmm. it yeah. fills their whole phone. Yeah. And I know Guy does this way, but the problem is on a mobile device, it only it fills like yeah, yeah that. So, um, you know, between what yesterday, the time we recorded this was about the same time as we're doing it now, isn't it? Yeah. Um, lunch. 
It's pretty good. Yeah. What did you guys do for dinner last night? We went, uh, so last night we were up at um, the hotel where some of the guys from MaxDoc are staying. And there's an event there, drinks and things like that. And then we went into McHenry, the village, the town, everything, all the places here. Some of them are cities, some of the towns, some of the villages. Very yep. confusing. Anyway, we went to McHenry, which is the nearest place to the hotel. Uh, and we just grabbed a bite to eat there. I, we're still... A little bit jet lagged from the trip, so it gets about nine o'clock at night, and we kind of hit the wall. Oh, so, that's you know, I get to ten o'clock at night here, and I hit the wall because yeah. to me that's eleven o'clock. That's like what three o'clock in the morning for you? Yeah, that's right. So um, we we were kind of eating dinner, and then we just wanted to go to bed, so just headed straight back to the hotel after that. We uh, are staying at the same hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, I was woken up quite a few times last night with little kids screaming at uh, between 11 and 1 o'clock in the morning because running down the hall. Because obviously kids don't go to bed early. <laughs> Except it, it was terrible. in the hotel. Um, I just wonder who the parents of these children are that lets their kids at 1 o'clock in the morning, little 8-year-old, 9-year-old little kids, go screaming up and down in the hall. What are you doing? I, I, think, I think people that sat in the bar chatting, and as long as the kids aren't bothering them, they don't care. Good point. So uh, we did want to, we were remiss when we recorded the first part of the podcast uh, to mention our sponsor. And they're actually here today. I'm going to flip this around and we can, from a distance. Yeah. So we asked them they didn't want to come on the show. We're, there's a session going on, yeah. so it's really quiet right now. But my hand looks really dark. Look at yeah. that. Hi, Teresa Phillips. I can see that she's watching. Uh, OWC is over there. And they've got some products out. And, uh, of course, they are our sponsor for TechFan yep. and MaxDoc. Yep. And, um, you know, you speak to them in person, you get the, the real vibe of the customer service thing they have going on. Yeah. I, I went and had a chat with them this morning because I just recently bought one of those little USB uh, SSDs that we talked about in the show previously, the uh, Envoy Pro Mini. Um, and it came with this really cool kind of partitioning application that works on both Mac and Windows, and it was pre-installed in the drive. And of course, like an idiot, I went, I, I had a quick look at it, and then I used it, and then it reformatted the drive. I hadn't taken a copy of the application. So I went over this morning. I said, look, I can't find it on the website. Can you uh, let me know <laughs> where to get it from? You yeah. know? And they said, right, well, give us your email address, and we'll get one of our tech guys to be in touch with you and sort that out. One of the things I did want to mention, I'll do it here on Facebook Live as well, um, for not just those who are watching right now, but who uh, maybe eventually will watch us. I'll probably share this live video over on both MyMac.com and the TechFam podcast um, Facebook. But more importantly, here on TechFam, we had a meeting last night, you and I, and we talked to a couple of the other MyMac writers while we were here at MacStock, and we are expanding and looking for new writers. We are looking for people out there who would love to do, or maybe not even love, enjoy, um, doing some product reviews. You know, my Mac really started back in the day as a resource for talking about shareware, and shareware was kind of a big thing back then. That was mid-90s. And we want to get back to more reviews on the site. So if you've ever thought about doing product reviews, but you just don't know how to go about it. How do I get products to review? This is your opportunity. Uh, We are looking, and it doesn't, you don't have to be a professional writer. Um, Hey, I started this. I'm not even a very good writer. 
I do it. Um, and David doesn't even know how to write. He's completely <laughs> illiterate. Yeah. Crayon. That's Crayon. pretty much my level. Yeah. So if this is something you're interested in, uh, let us know. It's the show. No, I was going to give the tech fan. Yeah. We <laughs> send it to Tim at MyMac.com or Publisher at MyMac.com, and we'll discuss. We'll get products out to you from manufacturers, be it software, hardware. It doesn't have to be Mac or even uh, iPhone-related. If it's technology, we're interested in sharing your views with the world. So yeah. um, Publisher or Tim at MyMac.com, and let's talk about it. But let's talk a little bit about our sponsor. They've got a lot of stuff over on that table, David, and... Mm-hmm. When you come to an event like this, instead of just looking at products on a website, you can actually get hands-on and realize how well-built some of this stuff is. I know. Um, it, I'm, sometimes I'm amazed that the tables hold up to the weight of some of the stuff on there because uh, there's some really hefty... Everything everything OWC does seems to be kind of sheathed in metal. It really has a good kind of um, solid, screw-together feel to it. Yeah, a lot. most of their stuff is metal. Yeah. It's not plasticky and... You know, nowadays with a lot of this technology, you're used to this plasticky, junky feel. That is not what you're getting with OWC. So if you're upgrading your Mac, if you are looking for a cool case for your iPhone, if you're looking for external storage, first stop should always be MacSales.com. And the other thing as well is is a lot of um, used Macs for sale there, refurbished Macs. In fact, I noticed recently they had... um the uh, the 12 inch MacBook that Apple have just discontinued. They've got um, brand new in the box refurbs. So these are ones that Apple have processed and have cleaned up. And and if any, if you've ever bought anything from Apple that's a refurb, it's like a brand new machine. Yeah. So these these have come direct from Apple and then they're going through OWC. Uh, they're really cheap and they are great machines. So if you kind of missed out on the 12 inch MacBook and you're looking for one or you never wanted to pay the price that Apple was charging then this is a way of getting one for under a thousand dollars and these are 8 gig 256 gig machines so um, plenty of storage plenty of RAM and uh, pretty good computers I just heard a lot of uh, a lot of applauding coming yeah. from I'm wondering if I should you know when we're done recording this episode I should take Facebook take live take, face, take walk Facebook a little into bit. Mac stock yeah. yeah hey Jimmy Green what's up um, so we are at um, McHenry College, Crystal Lake, Illinois. Um, this is the last day, so if you're not here, you missed it. Yeah, but sorry. It's going to be next yeah, year. Next year. Same not, time next year, is probably. It, well, I expect. I expect. I don't know if Mike's actually made the announcement when it's going to happen next year, but he has talked about possibly getting the hotel, the preferred hotel, mm-hmm. kind of the whole thing reserved for oh, Mac right. Stock okay. attendees, yeah. which would be good because... That's not the hotel David and I are at. You got a suite, though, this year. I got a sweet suite. So you got a sweet uh, suite. Yeah, I'm traveling on um, on points, and uh, which means that, you know, you turn up the hotel, they kind of know that you're a, a good customer of the brand. Right. Um, which often means you get upgrades. But the real reason was that we were, because I'm traveling with Alexander, we, we asked for uh, two double beds, and ah. they they didn't have any. They didn't have any rooms fitted out with two double beds, so they said, "Well, you can have a suite instead." So. So I don't have a suite. Uh, I have one bed, but I also have a pullout, and I'm making that child right there, Brooke. She's sleeping on the pullout, but here's the thing, David. She didn't actually pull it out. <laughs> yes, I'm going to tag Brooke in the video. Look at it knew who Brooke was. Yeah, of course it did. It's Facebook. Facebook. Facebook knows everything. Not creepy at all. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, 
She just slept on the couch. She never even uh-huh. pulled it out or anything. Yeah. yeah. That's kids. Kids. Yeah. She could have slept on the floor, probably wouldn't have cared. So uh, we did want to uh, record a little bit less here, uh, or a little bit more here on the MyMac podcast, or <laughs> TechBand <laughs> podcast. Well, We're all getting mixed up. Yeah. yeah. Um, and specifically, we wanted to, again, reach out and say, hey, if you've thought about doing product reviews, we're actively looking for people right now. There's a lot of new products coming out, David. Uh, a lot of different product categories. Yeah, and- I, th- I think... I mean, something different from, from certainly back when I used to write for my Mac as opposed to doing podcasting with you is that um, the rate of product release has definitely gone up since, oh, yeah. since we were doing it back then. Um, so there's a lot more stuff out there. And like you say, it's become a much broader a much broader um, category of, of things to, to, to review. There's not, it's not just software and hardware for the Mac now. There's all sorts of things that kind of you know, kind of go along with Mac's lifestyle or the technology lifestyle. Well, I was mentioning when I was on the stage today, um, one of our recent reviews is it's a like a cloth band that has headphones in it. Right. So it's for listening to music or sounds while you're sleeping. So that's something. Um, again, Tim at MyMac.com. Uh, we'd love to talk to you about product reviews. We also, we being David and I, love to hear from you guys. Um, yeah. Any topics you'd like to hear us talk about? You're going to hear a little bit more of a refocus of Tech Fan here coming up in the very, very near future. Yes. Less Marvel Universe stuff, <laughs> more um, technology. Yeah, and, and also, you know, less new stuff, more about, the, you know, t- technology uh, and, and the kind of the world of technology as opposed to what's in the news from week to week. I think I think we want to get back to more talking about things at a higher level than perhaps we talked about for the last few months because... You know, it's kind of got... It's, We've been busy. Yeah, you know, but it's... it's. We want to talk more about about the, the world of technology at a kind of, you know, a, a meta level as opposed yeah. to individual individual things going on. So. Yeah, and plus, like you said last night, a lot of the new stuff is negative. Yeah. And we don't want to be just the negative people talking about the negative news stories. Let's let's expand. Kind of, uh, in some respects, they're going back to what we used to do on the show. Yeah. And so, you know, we're we're refocusing mymac.com on uh, more product reviews, and we'll see where it goes beyond that. Yeah. And we're going to focus on TechFam back on technology and maybe some more of the positive stuff. So, um, we look forward to uh, sharing more of our plans in the near future. We're going to wrap up this episode. Our, I do have to work Friday of next week so right, we're looking okay. at sunday recording okay you'll be home by then i will yeah. i will be home by then i'll be home in like six hours yep a couple of days more in chicago for us so awesome uh, any big plans oh uh, we're just going to go into the city we'll do the boat tour we'll do the tourist oh, the boat tour is fun yeah and um in fact i we were planning to do like two full days. I, I don't think Alexander's going to be up to that, to be honest. So we, I think no. we might do tomorrow and then kind of relax, get ready for the flight on the way back on uh, on Tuesday. So Awesome. Yeah. I'm uh, going to go meet Rachel Robertson, my uh, oldest daughter. Of course, Brooke's with me. And uh, we're going to meet her in a couple hours. And uh, I heard Grant Dahlke is supposed to be swinging by briefly before I leave. So Cool. From, uh, he's at him. he's at he's back at OWC. So right. Looking forward to talking to Grant. 
Uh, I'll do the Facebook Live a little bit. I'm going to turn the camera around and walk that way for historical reasons because no one's watching live right now. And I will speak to and you back on Skype next I'll week. I'll see you then. Bye.